Hey, Giant fans, welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast. My name is Jerry Foley. I am the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper, and with me, as always, is the beat writer of the Giant Insider, Chris Bizignano. And, well, Chris, another visit to Philly, another heartbreaking defeat. Uh, we've mm. lost 18 of 22 to that team. Our starting quarterback, our, our two-time Super Bowl MVP quarterback, is 10 of 22. Uh, I'm sorry, 10 wins, 22 losses against that team. And I know there's been uh, some glory in his past, but I am I, I cannot take losing to this team anymore, man. Um, I, look, we'll, we'll get into it, but I am going to start with the quarterback, the head coach, the defense, and if you want to throw defensive coordinator with that, with, with if you want to put him with the head coach or with the defense as a whole, go ahead. But, buddy, 19 to 3. We are up yeah. 19 to 3, and I start getting text messages. Oh, we look good. And I said, guys, it is a long game. We know what mm. happens against this team. And then it's not the unthinkable, but we lost to them in a whole new way this time. I mean, the first half it looked like they couldn't even hang with us. We were doing a lot of good things, some weird things, but for the most part, um, we were the better team. And then, uh, as fate would have it, as it always does with this team, against this team, I should say, uh, the Giants blew it. And I am sick and tired of it. I can't take it anymore as a fan. I know I'm supposed to be more professional about it, but you know what, buddy? We live in Central Jersey. You're west of me. I grew up in Trenton. I'm around these people all the time. I'm sick of losing to Philly. Yeah, it's so am I, bud. So am I. It's been a long time, you know, since the Lawrence Taylor days when we were killing Jaworski and that team was afraid to play us. It's it's really utterly ridiculous how many times we have we have and I'm I'm coming up with all kinds of creative ways to lose to them too. You know, it's amazing. Um but here, Jerry, the way I look at it is this. You know I'm a Red Sox fan. <laughs> and Red Sox fans always are like with Jinx, we can't beat them. Uh, referring to the Yankees and everything else, we you can't win a change. And I used to say all the time, you know what? Get pitching, and we'll win some World Series. That's what the Sox did. So I look at the Giants like, hey, Jerry, we need a better team here, bud. We need more talent. We need some better coaching, and we'll start beating these guys up again. So what you're telling me is I got to wait another 86 years for this? <laughs> no. What I'm telling you is that we have to get some better players like the Red Sox did, who now win the World Series, it seems like, every year, right? Yeah. Eric? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so listen, it's not magic. It's not, you know, um, some kind of out of force. It's not this. It's not that. It's execution and better plays. And we'll start beating these guys in the future, hopefully starting up next year, Jerry. Um, uh, because right now they've had our number. It's, it's, it's disgusting. It's sickening. And, and let's, let's talk about, let's go through this game and, and this podcast will probably be an hour at least because we got a lot to get through. I said some things on Twitter last night and, and for those of you who, who follow us, thank you for following us on Twitter. But yesterday and today looked a little schizophrenic because one of us is blaming Shermer and the other one's not spoiler alert. I'm blaming Shermer a lot for this loss, but Chris is going to try to convince me otherwise, and normally Chris is the more level-headed of, of the two of us, so I, I, he has a, a decent shot at, at convincing <laughs> me that this wasn't completely Shermer's fault. But So let's go to the first touchdown, right? So Giants basically okay. do exactly what they have to, march down the field, get a mm-hmm. score. Uh, they, they're wonderful rookie scores on a sort of screen pass up the middle. Uh, delayed, really, is what it was. Um, and they go up 6 nothing. And then the Eagles commit, what, an offsides penalty. So now they're at the one. So uh, let's call, I'm going to call him Patrick Analytics from now on. Pat Shermer decides that they want to go for two right yeah. away. And I'm not Monday morning quarterbacking. Right away I say, this is dumb. Take the point. Yeah, yeah. It's Philly. Everything goes wrong. And by the way, we're not a two-point conversion team. We can't get one yard like like other teams can. And if you're going to get one yard, give it to the spectacular running back who can just literally dive over everybody. Now, the play was there for Manning to be made. We saw it. He missed Ellison. He forced the ball for some reason to the fullback, Penny. And there we go. Six nothing. We left a point on the board. So I'm not even going to say we left two points on the board because I didn't want to go for two. I can't have it both ways, right? So right. we left a point on the board. 
Did you agree with that? Did you agree with going for two there? No, okay. not at all. I was, uh, and, and like you, Jerry, I don't Monday morning quarterback. I thought it was a ridiculous move by Sherman. I didn't quite understand the move at all, even though the balls moved up a yard. Um, I, I didn't quite get it. First drive of the game, why are you giving away points? Because if you don't score, you're giving away points. On the road in the first quarter, to me, that's like chasing points right off the bat. And I don't I don't quite get it. He did it early in the year, too. He went for two. I didn't quite understand it. And I didn't quite get this one either. Um, didn't agree with it at all. No. All right. So then they get a field goal, 9 nothing, And and it, jump in, Chris, when, when you want to as far as, like, wanting to talk about plays. I don't want to just skip around too much. But Giants go up 19-3 to on a ridiculous yeah. run by Barkley where there was a nice hole. And he showed you what you can do, what he can do when, he, when, when the Giants give him the slightest of holes. He goes 52 yards for a score. Giant fans are celebrating, popping champagne practically based on the text messages I'm getting. I don't feel good about it yet. You don't feel good until the Eagles are actually, absolutely buried. That's when you start feeling good about it. Then the Eagles go down and they score and make it 19-11. And you figure, and, and that's, when a team goes for two against us, NFL teams, if you're going to if you're gonna go for two against any team, go for two against the Giants. You'll get it every single time. So uh, as soon as they scored, I, I thought, well, they're going to go for two here. They're going to get it. They go up 19-11. And then Corey Coleman uh, brings back, uh, gets it to what, the 45-yard line on a beautiful kick return. 45 right. or so. The, the, the refs call a penalty on the Giants, which didn't exist because, and this is where the, uh, as you, you say, Rain Man comes in. Number 50 on the Giants is retired, and he's been dead for a very long time, and Ken Strong. So he played in the 1934 championship team. There's no way that could have been on number 50. (laughs) Turns out that that was the wrong call. It was really the eagle, and it wasn't a penalty. Goes to show you the the attention to detail that the NFL officials put into every game. So then we move. Unless it's a grab of a receiver, the goal line. Go ahead. Right. right, Exactly. So then we move down, I think, to, I don't know, the 30 or so. And that's when all hell breaks loose. When, again, our beloved two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback seems to do what he does as much as as, as lead the team to victory. He throws a boneheaded, as you would say, buffoonish interception uh, to the one guy that he had to avoid in the secondary because the rest of them were high school kids. I think I, they were off the street. I didn't know anybody in that secondary other than Malcolm Jenkins. Right. He throws it right to Jenkins. Now, it was severely underthrown. I watched the replay a million times. He could have, if he led Odell a little bit, that was a touchdown. But, Chris, we all saw the easiest play there. And Giant fans mm-hmm. on Twitter, and I'll, I'll let you talk, Chris. I'm sorry. This was, not, this was not a check down. It would have been a 10 to 15-yard pass. I was going to check down 25 yards down the middle of the field. Exactly. Everyone's like, oh, well, you can't have it both ways. No, guys. This That's wasn't a check down. down. This was a 10 to 15-yard pass, more like 15-yard pass to our dynamic running back all-world generational player who had no one near him who could have scored after catching the ball but at least would have made it a chip shot for Roses and there would have been more time left. So right there, when that interception happens, it's what happened mm-hmm. to this team over the last four to five years. And, and, and playoff appearance aside, this team cannot recover from any type of adversity. And you said it, Chris. What's the common denominator through three coaches. I'm sorry, buddy. Eli Manning. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Because oh, I'm sorry, bud. No, no. I, I thought I, I lost you, actually. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, like, like... Yeah. Yeah. I, listen, it was an absolute and complete bonehead play by Eli. Um, I don't know where people are getting checked down from. I mean, if he would have checked down, or the play, that was actually the play to check down because it wasn't there with Odell. All right. Um, and man, is it me or is it Michael, Malcolm Jenkins in Odell, as in uh, Eli's head? Oh, he's he has the biggest games against the Giants. He he kills. He reminds me of remember Asante Samuel used to kill the kill the Giants and kill Eli. It's just mm-hmm. a different. That's the thing with the Eagles. It's just a different guy every time. And now for the last three years, it's Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, um, it was just a horrific play that turned it turned the momentum. There's no question about it. The Eagles talked about it afterwards. Um, I sensed it when we gave, when we left points on the field with that interception. Um, the Eagles go down, right? They made it a 19. I'm sorry. They went into the half down by eight instead of down by 11. Yep. Or maybe even more. Right. You know, the play wasn't there. 
Eli threw it off his back foot, um, and it turned the game around. It was it was not a good play for a 15-year veteran. Not only was Barkley open in the flat, so was Corey Coleman over in the, by the right flat. He was wide open. To um, it was just a bad play, but it's just something we are used to with Eli Manning. Since 04, he will give you one or two bonehead plays a game. A lot of times, like Asante, it's funny you mentioned Asante Samuel because in, in the Super Bowl, right before the Tyree play, a ball went right through Asante Samuel's hands. Yeah, he missed time to jump. Okay. Yeah. Right. So the point being is that this is what you get from Eli. Sometimes he gets away with it. Guys don't come down with the interception. Other times you don't get away with it. Uh, you know, we saw a Viking game in the past. We had, what, three or four pick sixes in one game, you know? <laughs> Um, save you the Giants for the Super Bowl. I mean, this is what you get with Eli. Sick of it. Um, I'm sick of it against the Eagles. It can't happen when you're up 19-11 and you're driving for more points before halftime. So I know a lot of people uh, out there feel that Eli could do no wrong. Uh, it's not true. Of all the good things he does, he does bad things too. And that was a bad thing he did. And this isn't going to be an Eli Manning bash session. No, no, he played a good game besides that. I mean, but you can't throw that ball, especially when you're a 15-year veteran, 37 years old. If you're going to throw it, you got to put it in a position to where Odell's the only guy who's going to catch it because you're throwing it to the only guy worth anything in that secondary in Malcolm Jenkins. But when you have... The rookie that we have sitting there wide open, and and it's not a five-yard pass. It's a like I said, it's a fifteen-yarder with no one mm-hmm. around him. And and you pointed out Corey Coleman, take the mm-hmm. easier one, just get points. And that's what I said. They got down to around the thirty, I think it was. And I just said, all right, at least we're gonna get points here. Just come away with points. I don't care yeah. about a touchdown. Get points. And Manning threw it to them. They go in with all the momentum, and you could feel it. The roof is about to cave in, uh, in Giants Nation, and, and I felt it, and everybody felt it, and all of a sudden. 22-11, 19-11, and momentum. Then the Eagles get the ball the second half. And, and so where my issues with Shermer in this game was, and it's what a lot of people are saying, what the hell happened to Saquon Barkley in the second half? So, Chris, in the first half, I think he had seven carries for 99 yards. Mm-hmm. He ended up with 11 for 102. So he had Nine, nine, ca- nine carries for 93, 94 okay. yards, I think okay. it was. Okay. Yeah. So then he gets the ball, I think, four more times in the second half. Now yeah. – Right. Eagles go and they punt the first possession. So good job by the defense. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, the defense is kind of holding their own in this one. Um, and, and let me just say, everybody, and this is maybe my fault. I, I didn't put as much on the defense. And my warped analogy here is not not it's not the case with me. I, I have three very smart, beautiful daughters. But there are parents who have kids who expect certain things from some kids and, and not others. And they just hope that, Oh my God, I hope this kid just graduates high school. That's kind of how I look at the giant defense. Like the, the talent's not there. So I'm expecting a 34, 31 game. So I'm looking at it like, all right, halftime, they gave up 11. Good job by the defense. First series, they make them punt. And, and then the giants get the ball. And all right. So Chris, you have the play selection in front of you. I think if you, Yes. Go through that series. Well, I, I broke it down, Jerry, because I, I find it amazing how many people are destroying Pat Shermer for his second half play selection. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, just this quick summary. They had 18 plays in the second half. Okay, so they get the ball after the stop. People going crazy saying – Saquon didn't get the ball. You got away from Saquon. Okay, first drive of the second half, first play is a run with Saquon. He gets nothing. Now, this is what, you know, people are forgetting. Schwartz adjusted at halftime. He had seven guys around the box. He obviously did not want Barkley to beat him like he was destroying him in the first half. He basically went with, okay, we got to slow down Barkley. And we're gonna we're gonna play zone a lot in the back end and play a little man to man. We're gonna take our chances with Eli. Second play, Eli gets sacked. That drive is done. Now, was that a? If you remember, and how was that a coverage sack or was it just hike? You're sacked. Was that a? Was that one of the ones that we've seen all year? 
No, I was, yeah, it was a regular sack. Uh, beat. I forget. Damn, I forget who it was on the Eagles. All right. Eli goes down, sack, third play of the drive, which is now done. Uh, hand off to Saquon. It was like third and whatever, long. Okay, that yeah. drive is done. So two runs to Barkley on the first drive. Sherman pointed out in the presser that between penalties and sacks, it took away certain things you want to do with the play calling. People destroyed him over that. I, I don't understand why. I mean, I'll be watching the same thing. Here it is. First drive. He started off with a run, sack on the second play, boom, done. Okay, that drive is done. Okay. Now, second drive. So what, what, the, had, what did the Eagles uh, do next, bud? Do you know? They kicked the field goal, right? They made right. it 19-14. Okay. So okay. Okay. Now, Giants get the second drive of the half. He brings Wayne Gallman in. And this is, okay. So yeah. This is where I blame Shermer, right? Because the thinking was, and he said this in the presser, I wanted to give Saquon a breather, right? Change that today, by the way, but go ahead. All right. Well, he said it yesterday, right? Yeah, he did. He so said he something about giving him a blow. Yeah. It's a 52-yard rush. Then there's halftime, 12 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Then he gets the ball, does nothing on first, nothing on third. 21-year-old mm -hmm. kid, phenomenal shape. Yeah, I don't buy it, man. And, it's a fair point. And, and the issue I have giving it to Gallman, those two, Gallman did nothing wrong. He got two good runs, I believe. But You ran well in the first half, too, a few times. Yeah. Right. But you're giving that to Barkley, and this is why you got the kid, right? He, he can turn a five-yard run into a 30-yard run, and then all of a sudden you have the momentum back. So I, I just didn't understand. I thought, actually thought Barkley got hurt while I was watching this game. So go ahead. So do the next series. Okay, well, that's a fair point, Jerry. Yep. No question about it. A lot of people were wondering the same thing besides you, and I know you were really pissed off about it, and you're right to be pissed off about it, and you're right to question it. Why on the second series of a half is Wayne Gallman in? Okay, right. today Sherman turned it around a little bit, and he said that I had a good feel on it, that's why, because he was productive in the first half, and I wanted to get him in, and I had a feel for Gorman, so I got him in in this early in the second half. Mm. So what Sherman did is that he, the first two plays of that second drive was runs by Gorman. Right. Okay? So Sherman's not getting away from the run in the first two drives. Mind you, Schwartz is adjusted. He tries to stick with the run. I think it was... Third and two or something, Jerry. Yeah. Boom. False start on Nate Solder. Right. Big. Now it's third and eight. Okay. Next pass, crucial. Corey Coleman drops that quick slant. And, and, and that's that's that is indicative of what I said before, bud. Where mistakes happen, and all of a sudden the wheels come off, and no one, absolutely no one, can step up and make a play. And that's why I was more aggravated that I didn't see Barkley in on that series. And, and because they needed to get the momentum back. And you, when, when Manning threw the pick, you, you knew that he was shaking a bit, right? So if you're going to do anything with Manning, give him some short passes to kind of get his confidence back. And I know he's 37. Right. He should have confidence. I get it. But the reality is he was shaken. He's been shaken forever when he goes into Philly. I look at the record. We haven't won there since 2013. And that was the game that Matt Barkley played. And we haven't beaten the Eagles since 2016. And guess what, guys? The last time we swept them was 2007. So anyway, he's shaken. You need to give him confidence and get him some short passes if you're going to do that. Corey Coleman, of course, like you said, drops a pass. Should have been a first down. And then the Giants punt. So go ahead. No, actually, there was a penalty, I believe, on the Eagles, right? Oh, okay, um, right. There's a penalty on the Eagles, so right. what do we do? Sherman goes back to the run again. Right. Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman. Then he goes a short pass to Gallman. So what did, what did Gallman do on that run? A couple of yards. Okay, right. Right, and then it's a penalty, Yeah. right? It winds up on that drive, third and 18, and then we get the infamous oh, timeout. Oh, my God. I, and that's another thing, Giant fans. I'm sorry. I know you love Manning, and so do I. No one's got more stuff of Manning than me. Three autographs. He's My kids wear his jersey. But, Chris, I mean, you, you've said it. Third and 18. 
You call time on third and 18? What the hell are you doing? Right? No, there was a miscommunication. So I'm just going about what they're saying. It's a miscommunication. They'd have the right personnel in. Call, play clock's running down. And he calls timeout. And then he throws, uh, a, one I mean, yard, and then he throws a one-yard pass. And then he throws a one-yard pass. Ends that drive. Okay? Yep. So now we're going to go to the third drive or... We want to go no, to what, mind what, you yeah, now. Ahead. Mind you, you now, the Eagles defense. Okay, just one. Just hold on one second. The Eagles defensive front four now is starting to take over this game. Yep, they're getting pressure on Eli. Okay, they're a different unit than they were in the first half. Yeah, what happened in the second half is what I feared was going to happen in the first half. They controlled right. the line of scrimmage. Third drive. Okay. Pass to 13, incomplete after Fletcher Cox destroyed Eli. Yeah, and he pushed Omami. He put, not Omami. Oh, my God, sorry. He pushed Brown completely out of the way and, and hit him, killed him. Right. Jamon Brown had a long, tough second half. Between Michael Bennett and Fletcher Cox, yep. Jamon Brown's really struggled in the second half. Next, pa- next play, I know people said, you know, Sherman got away from the pass. Oh, he got away from the run, so he ran the ball. Got away from the pass, so he said, Second straight pass, incomplete to Shep. Yep. Okay. Third pa- third pass, Eli drops back. Boom, Michael Bennett sacks him on the third and ten. Drive, done. And I, I think what Giant fans are aggravated there, and I'm just trying to speak a little for him because, again, the, the anger towards Shermer is three plays, three pass plays. You're still ahead okay. in the game. Why not Barkley there? Okay, because this is what I feel, and I'm going to ask Sherman this yeah. when I, at the facility. Yeah. Something people are not pointing out, Schwartz brought guys up on the line of scrimmage. He put seven in the box, and sometimes Jenkins was sneak, was up in the box, made it eight. Yeah. They were taking away the run, or attempted to, okay? Yep. They, they did a pretty good job on Garmin in the second series. They did a good job on Saquon in the first series. Sherma, I mean, you have to adjust. You can't just keep running into a seven- and eight-man box. Sherma saw, obviously saw what Schwartz was doing and said, okay, in this series, if they stay in that defense, we're going to attack down. We're going to take shots. We're going to try to move the ball through the air. Okay? It didn't work out. Why, Jerry, it didn't work out? Because the Eagles' front four dominated the second half. Like, they dominated us in MetLife. They started dominating in the second half. Okay? It wasn't a matter of, like, you know, Odell always wants the ball. So after the game, he's like, yeah, I don't know we should have took more shots. I mean, they, they, they attempted three passes in a row. They attempted a pass on the second drive. It was sacks. There was a false start. There was a hole. Then in the third drive, third and ten, boom, a sack. Yeah. All right? You, you, what I'm saying is that, People are failing to see, they're failing to see that the Eagles made adjustments at halftime. Shep talked about it. Yeah, they came out with a little bit, they made an adjustment. They came out with a different D in the second half. All right? These guys get paid, too, on the other side. You can't just say, well, you know what? There was three guys out there, you know, backups, and we're just going to light it up. They had 300-something yards in the first half. Do, do people really think they're going to have 360 yards in the second half, too? No, I think the I think the, the issue that Giant fans have is with all those yards in the first half, they only had 19 points. And you just felt like, man, they should have at least been in the 20s, and they, they left the field goal on the board uh, with, with the interception. Mm-hmm. And I think— That was Eli's fault. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I know. And, and the, But Shermer took credit. Kudos to him for doing that. But it, we all know it was Eli doing it, Eli, making that pass. Mm-hmm. But I think— and you bring up good points with the changing of the fronts and, and how they were stacking the box. But I, I just think Giant fans and, and fans of any team kind of look at it like, yeah, I know they changed. But until they stop you and and why why wouldn't you continue to go back to Barkley? And I get everything you're saying. But if that was the case on the two successful Gallman runs, what happened there? Did we just block well with? all those guys in the box or, or, mm-hmm. or what, or, or, or did they change it after that? And, and listen, man, I, I'm not here to argue, Chris. I, I understand. Oh, I know. No, no, yeah. I, I get exactly what you're saying. I just think fans are saying, I, I just, man, he had so, he did so well in the first half. Why didn't you just go back to him in the second? Jerry, yeah. You have to understand that teams adjust. 
Teams adjust. I, I, I understand that, but let's not forget these were long drives. The Giants didn't have 35 plays in the second half where, where if Barkley got it three times, you'd be like, okay, coach, what are we doing here? They had the ball 18 plays. But but part of the reason they had it 18 plays was because of the sacks too, right? I mean, Jerry, yeah. the defensive front four for the Eagles was a different defensive front four in the second half than they won the first half. They controlled the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And you know, Eli, as soon as he starts getting some of that Eagle pressure, forget about what he's going to do. Yeah. He do so quick. Listen, uh, Red Ellison, he like threw a, a beautiful ball of Red Ellison over the sideline, too, yeah. that went right through Rex's hands. Yeah. That, and that was not high. That was a good pass. That was a good pass. I mean, you know, uh, did he attack the seams a little bit? When Ellison in the second half made some plays, it wasn't all Eli. Eli made a bonehead play at the end of the first half, yes. And the timeout. Okay. But they, yeah, and the timeout. But then they got pressure. They started controlling the game. And, and the, I'm just and talking the, about the offensive. I'm not, I didn't even get to the defense. And, and, and I know we have a lot of time and the two point conversion. So, so if you look at the, if you, if you look at the. All, Jerry, all I'm saying is people are destroying Sherman. Yeah. Today. Destroying like the Giants ran forty plays in the second half. Like Sherman said in a presser. Yeah. There was penalties that took him out of the things he wanted to do. Yep. Why can't people say okay, listen, if you want to argue with the second series, why why Gorman instead of Barkley? I mean I, listen, that's a valid argument. But it's not the first time a coach put another runner back in. Uh, you know, a ten series, eight of them Barkley's in there. I mean, now it's like all of a sudden, like, you know, okay, you can't do that. I mean, he just had a feel that Gorman could do some things. He didn't. Yeah. Blame the, blame the, I, the I think I think, I think the issue I had with it was his explanation was garbage yesterday and that he wanted to rest Barkley. And then today he said he had a feel for it. Okay. I mean, right. just say he had a right. feel for it yesterday. Don't, don't say he wanted to give him a rest. And after the first series, he did nothing. So he didn't run very much. <laughs> he just, yeah. he wasn't, he it wasn't like he just ran 99 yards. Yes, Bad criticism of Sherman, Jerry. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Hey, Sherman did nothing wrong." Yeah. He's made in-game decisions. All I'm saying is, there's people out there saying, "Hey, we should have threw the ball every down." Yeah. And why didn't Barkley get the ball? No, you can't have it both ways. Folks, right. we can't have it both ways. Yeah. You can only do one thing to play. They only had 18 of them. Now, you know, Odell talked about this and that. You know, we should have took some more shots. Hey, Eli got him the ball on the goal line when we were down 22-19, and the referees, the back judge, did not have the balls <laughs> to throw the flag yeah. in the link. Uh, and, and by the way, on the interception, he was clotheslined. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I mean, obvious yes. call on Odell. Yeah, you're right. Obvious call on Odell, not called. Okay, from a crew... That was throwing the flags from oh, the moment no. they walked out of the locker room. Yep. Now you get two obvious holds on Odell, no call. If that's by the way, the ball was in the air, so that's interference. Okay. And, and Barkley, Barkley too, honestly. <laughs> Barkley too and Shep too. Yep. So now we have the first and goal on the one yard line. Chances are we score. We're up 26-22. Different. Ball game. Now Wentz and the Eagles have to get it in the end zone. Right. Different ball game. And we're not even having this conversation now. If the Giants, you know, would have got to stop. Okay, so Sherman did attack through the air in the second half a little bit. Tried to run a little bit early. That wasn't really there. Saw what the Eagles were doing defensively. Tried, you know, tried to get him out by throwing in that third series every possession, every down. Didn't work out because of penalties. Didn't work out because of lack of execution. Didn't work out because the Eagles front four. And mainly Michael Bennett and Fletcher Cox were getting pressure. Yeah. All I'm, that's all I'm saying, Jerry, is that you can't – people are talking about firing them and, and fire this one. And, fire, and Listen, is a lot of things going to the game. You want to criticize the goal and move? That's a fair criticism. Why was Barkley not in the second series? Okay, that's a fair criticism. I, I think my, my criticism is that, but also – like you said, you can't have it both ways. You can't want to run Barkley and then throw it down the field. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and, and my, my point is, if the Eagles are playing a soft zone or, or, or playing back because they're they were they were playing right. a soft zone, so yeah. then then you got to throw underneath or or I I, I just would have I would have fed Barkley until they stopped him completely and then said okay let's adjust from here. I just that's, I didn't understand yeah, changing it up and, and 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 risking again going with a quarterback who is skittish at best uh, at Lincoln Financial Field. But I, I got to bring up something else real quick before we go yeah. to the defense. Uh, 
and, and we're not done yet, but before we, we, we go on, um, Odell Beckham with the IVs, can, can he drink Gatorade or, or maybe can we give him Pedialyte like you give a little kid to trick know. him into being hydrated? Like, I, I mean, why is, uh, this, why is this a thing now? Why is this a problem every week? So, where, it's uh, stupid. Uh, uh, I mean, he hates to drink water. I don't know what to tell you. I never, I would hate, you know, the Super Bowl is coming up in Miami, I think, in three years, whatever it is. I would hate to think we're playing in that game and Odell's <laughs> going to miss half the game because he, because he needs IVs. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't get it. He mentioned earlier in the year about he doesn't like to drink water. No. Um, but I, listen, this is a problem. And if it takes the training staff to, to shoot him with IVs before he hits the field or drink gallons of water – leading up to the game, he's going to have to do it, Odell, because it's a 50-degree day, and he's missing a series. By the way, he missed the first series of the second half because of that. Yeah, and and uh, it's just so frustrating because I, I you want to love the guy, and he just does things like this where you're just – it always makes you question him, and I'm sorry, but you do. There's no other player in the league that has this problem. This is not something – and I'm not going back to Vince Lombardi – I'll go back to Parcells. I'll go to Belichick. That's not something that would fly with them. It just wouldn't. And 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 this is the the thing that's allowed, right? So I'm not sitting here calling for Shermer. However, there are f- fundamental flaws with him right now. Mm-hmm. One of them, and, and you brought up great points, Chris, but this shouldn't be allowed with OBJ. And I, I'm, I don't know if you deny him the IV, but... Not, well, you have to put something in place where you say, um, Odell, listen, it, it's just too convenient that before the second half of games that you seem to need an IV before you go back out there. That's just stupid to me. Yeah, I mean, it's something that, listen, uh, it's a physical thing with Odell, but I just don't get it either. I mean, it's something that should be corrected here by the medical staff. Right. And Sherman should be telling Odell, Odell, I don't want to see this crap again. So you better correct this because... We can't lose you for series because you keep drying out on us here. You know, <laughs> I mean, either they got to hold him down before a game starts and put a gallon of water down his throat, or I don't know what to tell you. But, you know, we, I mean, it's the third time this year. And actually, when it happened early in the year, there was people, including myself, who was like, yeah, okay, Odell, right, you need IV. Remember, we, we thought he went to the locker room. No, we thought he was lying. One we time. thought he was lying. Yeah. We thought he was lying. We, I, I, mean, I, I mean, it was like at a point of like, yeah, Odell, I don't believe that again. The second one, it was like, I don't believe that at all. You know, I thought he was pissed off, you know, running into the locker room being Odell, where he gets emotionally crazy at times. But obviously not. He missed the first series, you know, of a, of a, of a pretty warm day in November, and it just can't happen anymore. This has to be corrected. You know, I'm, yeah, it's yeah. mind-boggling. So, mind-boggling. Then, so then the Eagles go down and do what they you knew they would do. They score. And, and convert another two-point. Well, yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't they convert it to a point? Why, why doesn't every memo to NFL coaches just go for two against the Giants? You'll get it every single time. And then we get the ball back, and unfortunately, Odell was actually tripped, uh, which you can't do. You can't tackle a person by tripping them, which would have set up, I think, a 64-yard field goal. Would have been nice to at least try it, but well, we're missing a whole we're missing a whole drive where they tied the game, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I, 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 I want to get to the defense, and I'm, I, I apologize. Okay, yeah. but um, that's all right. Um, no, you know what? Go through the, go through that. Go through the, what was the play selection on well, the, the, the game tying drive where they should have had, should have been set up for a touchdown on the penalty. You know, they, it, it was a pass to Odell where, where Eli steps slides to the right, <clears throat> makes a nice play, hits Odell. They ran the ball on a second play of the drive. The Barkley got nothing. Delay a game call on Eli, on the offense. Incredible. Delay of game. And this right. is, this is just, you lose it, man. Right. I, don't, I don't know. Are they play, Are they giving him 35 choices in his ear? Like, this Not can't happen. This, well, you know what? If it happened at Sherman, I would be like, well, something's got to get straightened out on the, on the coach Sherman, Eli, because this is happening too much. It's happened in Eli's whole career. Okay? Please. Yeah, it it's, has. We've seen this a thousand times with Eli. 15 years of the league, still take a delay of game calls. So, so I mean, then, the, on, then the Eagles go and then ahead. I, and on a third down, on a third down play, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, this was the play that Eli slid, you know, he slid over to his right a little bit yeah. and hit Odell for like 17 yards, whatever it was for first down. Then he hits Red Ellison on a nice seam, and then he hits Shep, right? 
Then he hits. Then he they run the ball again to Saquon, who got one yard. Right. Stuffed again, and then the play with Odell, where it should have been the penalty. Yeah. Okay, so he winds up kicking the field goal to tie the game, and the rest is history. When Wentz goes down the field, right. So, so that's yeah. what happened. That's yeah. what happened. But on that last drive, it should have been first and goal. And I don't want to blame officials for losses. But the fact is this: it should have been first and goal for the Giants. But the refs who called everything. And even Phantom calls. They were calling Ken Strong, the guy who died, for a penalty. Okay? They were calling. I don't even know. Is actually, you're the rain man. Is Ken Strong still alive, Jerry? Do you know? No, he passed away, I believe, uh, in 1979, I think. I'm not looking that up. It's late 70s, I believe, he passed away. Okay. So, he, what you, I'm sorry. He, they're calling guys on Phantom calls. Well, not an obvious call on Odell. Oh, wow, dude, I got I got to interrupt. Ken Strong died October 5th, 1979. What's up? Anyway, go ahead. Okay, so they, so they call a penalty on a guy that died 40 years ago, but they don't call one because they didn't have the balls to call it in that situation. Yeah. Okay? I'm sorry. So a flag-happy crew didn't call it, and the Giants got robbed. Okay, we're not going to blame it on the refs. Fair so, enough. So but, then, then Wentz, then Wentz goes down. They kick a field goal. And then Wentz goes down the field. And then yeah. the Giants should have. There should have been a penalty. Uh, they they tripped Odell. You can't do that. And it, it, I just said it, it would have been nice to see Rosas at least um, have a shot at it because he's got such a booming leg. And I, one of the one of the reporters tweeted something's wrong with Rosas' leg when he's kicking to the one yard line. It's obviously designed because when they tell him to kick away, he kicks it. That's the end zone. Like, there's nothing wrong with his leg. If anybody could kick a 64-65 yarder, I think it's him. He's been a great player for the Giants. It just would have been nice to see at least a shot at it. But it wasn't to be. But, uh, buddy, let's go to the defense. And and uh, I know that was where you and Banks uh, agreed. And, and yeah. I'll, I'll admit the mistake here in that I, I let him off too easy. But my point is, Chris and Giant yeah. fans listening, I don't expect anything of them. Because they stink. Um, and I'm sorry to say it, but the talent's not there. The, there's no pass rush. We traded Snacks Harrison. We can't stop the run. Our linebackers are just as bad, if not worse, than they were the last couple of years. Because now we have four of them instead of three. Um, B.W. Webb's playing, doing what he can. Jenkins is okay. Um, Collins, you know, great at the line of scrimmage. A liability in coverage. And Curtis Riley, I, I don't know why he's out there. I would rather see Sean Chandler playing right now, uh, the kid from Temple. But, Bud, um, the floor is yours for the defense because I know you got a lot to say. So go ahead. Yeah, I, I blame the defense solely for this loss. I'm sorry. I, I understand people want to get on the Saquon thing and Sherman play call and all that. But, I mean, a 19-3 lead, and you give up two two-point conversions. You give, as usual, give up the last drive. Betcha, I had Betcha sending more than four guys eight times out of Wentz's 28 dropbacks. Inexcusable in my eyes. You know, if you're going to go down, why are we going down with a four-man rushing and, and, and when he sent the eight, we got four sacks out of it, right? I mean, we got a lot of pressure. Olga Tree got a nice a nice sack on a little loop blitz. Um, I, I just don't get it. And then he got fourth and one, and boom. Betcher rushes four. They drop it to the soft zone, and Aguilar finds an, a hole, in, a huge hole in his zone for first down. Game is over after that. Solely, the defense just cannot get to the quarterback. They did a few times when Blitz, you know, when, when Betcher was attacking, but he doesn't seem to want to consistently do that. To me, Jerry, I look at it like this: If we're going to go down, okay, let's go down swinging. What I mean by that is that let's go down being aggressive. If Wentz beats us. Because they pick up the blitz, or he makes a great read, or whatever it might be, tip your hat to them. But why are we sitting? Why are we sitting back, letting Wentz look left, right, boom, finds a guy? And Aguilar did nothing all the game. He made one play, and that was it. Yeah, you okay? a good point. You said they blitzed eight times, and my 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 point was, out of those eight, I, I think they had, I think all their sacks were on blitzes. I know Ogletree, I know Davis yes. had one. So good things yeah. kind of happened. I'd love to know what happened on those other four. I, I, I can't quite remember what happened on all the blitzes, but we've talked about it before, man. Even if you had 
Deion Sanders and Mel Blount back there. What's the point of saying, well, I don't trust my secondary, if you're going to give opposing quarterbacks nine, <laughs> ten seconds to throw the ball yeah. because they're all going to kill you. And look, Wentz has been struggling. He hasn't been the same player. And, and you give anybody that much time, they're going to find people. But the, the worst play of the, of the afternoon was just letting Nelson Aguilar sit down and get 12 yards on a, on a critical fourth down that would have given the Giants the ball back and we would have at least gone to probably overtime. But uh, Or maybe better. Maybe we would have won it in uh, regulation. But... Man, that was a, that was a terrible play, and I know Banks was all over it today, saying that basically these guys don't know what the hell they're doing. And he said it on and on the radio today. But they, it's yeah. a, it's a shame to. He said that on the radio today. Banks? Yeah, he basically said that they they they're, well, they're not okay. they don't understand zone. They're not they're not playing correctly. Okay, well then I will say it then um, that call Banks. We were texting back and forth last night, me and Banks, about the defense and. That's exactly what Carl said to me on the phone last night. It was, it was, these guys just don't know the schemes. They don't know technique, and they're just really having a hard time figuring out what the, what they're doing out there. On a defensive side, is that what he said, Jerry? Right, basically what he said on, on the radio today, too? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, yeah, so uh, who do you blame in that, Jerry? I blame Betcha. I'm sorry. Yeah. I blame Betcha. Um, you know, so when, when guys – are not on the same page when guys don't understand what they're supposed to be doing out there. Um, that's coaching. And I like Betcha. All right. I wrote about him a lot, checked, tweeted about him a lot, but he's been a disappointment. Um, he's been a disappointment. You know, at, we, we don't want to hear every presser because he speaks once a week to the media, Betcha. I'm sick and tired of hearing him say this. Well, I'd like to have some call. You know, there's some calls I like to have back. Or oh, I got to get a little better, you know, doing in game calls. Because guess what? You know, your defense has been a big reason why the Giants are 3-8. and eight. A big reason. I know the offensive line beginning of the year and all that, but how many times has this defense not gotten a stop when they needed it? All right? It hasn't happened. The defense has not played well. And, you know, I, I, I like Betchett. I'm not going to give up on him, Jerry. I don't say let's get rid of him after a year. And all that, but he has not been good. And and a lot of people are going to say, well, they don't have Pro Bowls out there. This and that. I understand that. I'm not asking for a top five defense. It's not going to happen with this personnel. But it should be not a. It shouldn't be a 28th ranked defense either. All right, this team's out there. This coordinator's out there to have mediocre talent too. And I'm not going to mention my man Bill up in New England because his team is mediocre, but their defense always plays well every year because he's beyond, he's another level, Belichick. So I'm not going to go there. But there's other coordinators, all right? You want to name one? Look across the field yesterday with Schwartz, what he did in the second half, and he had guys coming off the street to play in the secondary. Yeah, and I, I just – I know that we were all on board with the trade of Snacks Harrison, but we always joke that once they started winning, it's a while. Can we get him back? And – Dalvin Tomlinson's not the answer at nose tackle. I don't know what Dalvin Tomlinson is. He seems like a – we talked about it yesterday. He seems like more of a Jonathan Hankins type where he's more suited for 4-3. I'm not ready to give up on him. I'm just making a statement of what I've seen. B.J. Hill seems to have hit the rookie wall. They missed Kerry Wynn yesterday. <clears throat> Alec Ogletree has been a disaster uh, at linebacker. I think that's Jerry, I, I mean, that's – that's Jerry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, man, but – that's why. That's who I fault the most. The inside linebackers, Jerry. Yeah, that's and, who I and, really. And Goodson fault the most. got in, but I don't. I don't know what the hell they're doing with personnel. Um, Vernon did nothing. It's a shame because I was high on him, especially in this defense and the way he looked in in training camp. But you know, again, to my fault maybe that I'm I'm not holding them accountable enough because the professionals and they they need to perform better than that. I just thought if they were going to win this game, it was going to be on offense and. You know, Betcher rolls up to to Shermer, right? And and the one thing we always I always hated about Coughlin was he was too loyal to guys like Tim Lewis, uh, Sheridan, and it seemed. And I'm not saying that you give Perry, Perry fuel, Perry fuel like Betcher's been here one year. Okay, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. But the, the the thing about Coughlin was he was loyal to guys. Um, it was a, the the and and even his offensive coordinator before Gilbride, it was somebody else, and he demoted him. I forget who it was. It's it's. Shoot, it's driving me crazy. Anyway, you just don't want it to get to the point where, because Shermer does have an attitude with the media, and I, I understand why he does, because the media is annoying. 
but I know more than you. Um, you know, uh, wh- wh- even when they brought up the Odell thing today, it was, well, we threw this many times. We ran that many times. Go ask him. Now, that doesn't sound like a, a guy who has the locker room right now. And, and kudos to him because he's had it all year long. And I always said it. I, I was the first one to always write that he has not lost this locker room. The, the, the players play for him and they're undermanned. And they're not a good, they're not a very good team. They're good in spots, but they're not a good team overall. But they haven't given up. They've been in every game. It's going to be interesting to see going forward now after a loss like this where there's some disgruntled players if you can hold it together because uh, man, uh, right now what, this, Jerry, this, this stings right now, man. Yeah, it stings, Jerry. I'm not looking at it as disgruntled players. I look at it like right after a tough loss, emotional statements coming out of people's mouths. You know, I, I don't look at it as like they're disgruntled and this and that. Um, they were disgruntled at the moment, Jerry, because – you know, it's tough, dude. It's tough, you know, when <clears throat> you lose a game like that and then there's microphones in your face 20 minutes later asking you about this play and that play. And, you know, but as far as I don't look at it as like they're disgruntled with Sherman or like that. I'm sure, listen, Odell, Odell and listen, receivers always feel like, yeah, we should be going down the field more. Go down the field. Maybe they should have, Jerry, you know, no question. But, you know, as far they did some things in the first half with plays. And, you know, you know when they look at the film, and you see that Eli was a little bit under siege, you know, a lot of pressure in the second half. They might have a little bit of a different attitude. I don't I don't think there's any I don't think as far as Sherman losing guys, Jerry, I don't think that's there. I don't think anybody's disgruntled. It's just they disgruntled over another tough loss and a and a tough season, Jerry. This officially puts an end to uh, the little glimmer of hope that was out there. Well, not mathematically because Eli's still starting next week <laughs> and he was asked about Lawlette well, already. I don't, listen, I, yeah, but I, I, yeah. Hey, listen, I, I wouldn't start Lalette against the Bears, not against that defense. And and the Giants no. are going. Look, the Giants are going to go with a, a quarterback early in the draft next year, whether it's first round, second round. If I, if I had to guess now, if they can't get Herbert in round one, they're going to go with like a Daniel Jones or a Greer in round two if he's there. And and that's if these guys stay in, in those kind of those draft slots, right? Like Greer to me is a second round quarterback and kind of moving up. Daniel Jones could be first, could be second. But they're going to move on from Eli next year, and I, I, I don't think it's going to be with uh, Dale Earnhardt, <laughs> our, our third-string quarterback. But you still want to see him. You still want to see what he's what he's capable of. Um, I think you will, Jerry. I, I think you will down the road here. I don't think this is the best game for him to be, get in there against these guys, you know, Sunday. I think you will. And if you don't, Jerry, then guess what? They're that down on him. You know, uh, uh, that's the way I look at it. If you don't see Kyle Oletta this year at all, then they're basically admitting, okay, we spent the fourth round on him, but we don't see this kid as a future at all. Yeah, I would hate uh, to see you know him going against the Bears and, and Khalil Mack using him as like uh, his own personal hand puppet because I I just I I shudder to think when Mack lines up over Wheeler um, with the Giants not having much to play for other than pride. What the hell that Bear defense with Rokron Smith and Floyd, the guy we should have had years ago. Uh, mm. rushing against Eli. I, I mean, you talk about getting rid of the ball quickly. You're going to need a veteran quarterback for that one. So I, I don't I, I don't blame Shermer for staying with Manning. And, you know, mathematically, they're the Giants trying to win games, games, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to win games. And, and Eli's Eli's not playing poorly where he should be getting benched. No, he's going to he's going to set he's going to have like personal bests for completion. And, and they're and they're skewed. And, they're, they're skewed. And, and Jerry, listen, I, I, I really believe this. I mean, I should say really blues, but I, I have a feeling that, you know, this is still an audition for next year for Eli. Eli's not out of the picture for next year. I'm not saying not, they won't draft a quarterback, Jerry. Understand me. I still think they will. But don't, you know, to say Eli still is a very good possibility. He's, Eli still comes back and is the quarterback for this team next year while the new kid is behind him. I, I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> Jerry, I, I'm just saying that I know for a fact, Jerry, coming from – yeah. Quest diagnostics there, bud, yeah. that Eli is auditioning these last seven games. I'm telling you. Now, I'm not saying they won't draft a quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I am not saying that. Yeah. But Eli could be a bridge next year for the, our new kid, Jerry. The only problem that I see with that is if you do that, Giants, the first Malcolm Jenkins-like interception from Eli, will mm-hmm. they will be calling for the kid, and it will get hot. He's going to have – Guess what? Gettleman's a street guy. He's going to be like, hey, Eli, deal with it. Well, he's going to say Shermer deal with it, and Shermer's going to have to be the one that answers to it. And yeah. that's yeah. The, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking more about Shermer. And mm-hmm. I, I just think if – I 
I would bet a lot of money that that's not the case. But you you probably don't bet a lot of money. Probably that, know Jerry, better than I'm me, telling you. I will will agree will agree to disagree because I I I could actually see an Alex Tanny or someone like that starting um, with a young rookie waiting in the wings, not Manning because of the all the cap money they would save too. However, trust however. me, trust me on this one, Jerry. It's not out of the picture yet that Eli is the quarterback in 2019 with the draft pick behind them. I love Eli Manning, but if that's the case, I'm just going to go run straight into a, a, a speeding car because I, I, I don't, I'm listen. I love Eli. I will go when he, when he gets to Canton, I will make the trip. I will watch him get inducted. I'll get a tear you, in my eye, but, did, but, but did you I'm did you like Eli against Tampa Bay? Yeah, sure. Because the, the lack of against him. So, yeah, yeah, but everything needs to be perfect around him. Well, that's, it, that's the problem I have. I absolutely, Jerry. But if they get if that offensive line plays really well next year and they improve it even more, you can't see Eli having a pretty good year next year. And now you have to take the dumb plays as usual. <laughs> but we've been de- Jerry, we've been dealing with this since '04, right? I know, but now you have an even less like you need you need the seven blocks of granite in front of him. Saquon Barkley, Odell, Sterling Shepard in the slot, Ingram healthy, and then you need another receiver on it. Like it just needs to be like so perfect Jerry, where he doesn't fail. I agree and he's like, with you. Uh, Manning still has it. Yeah, kind of any quarterback can do that. It's like, I, but no, Jerry. I, listen, I agree with you 100. Everything has to be right for for Eli to, uh, you know, excel. I understand that. I agree. All I'm saying is, Jerry, just keep it in your a possibility in your mind. Yeah. That he will be back as a starting quarterback in 2019, as a bridge guy for the new kid. I understand what you're saying about, well, listen, if he starts playing bad, we want to see the new kid. Listen, I understand that. But if this offensive line, say, argument's sake, Jerry, just gives up 18 to 20 sacks next year, all right, and a lot less pressures, you can't see Eli playing really well with this with the weapons he has? I don't know. I, 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 it's going to be shorter passes. He, he doesn't have the long ball anymore. He used to be I'm so not good saying, at the long ball. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, I'm not saying that's going to happen, Jerry. All I'm telling you for a fact is that they're still evaluating him these last seven games. You know, I'm going back now a little bit to see about next year. That's all that I know for a fact, yeah. my man. All right. Just take my word on it. So something we're going to add weekly now on Mondays uh, is the the, the, the <laughs> The buffoon of the week. And I'm going to hand out this one this week. Uh, Chris and I discussed this before, and it's a popular word that seems to be really catching on. Like Chris invented it, but I understand why the way he says it is hilarious. So the buffoon of the week, my first one, I'm giving to. Ready? No. Not Shermer. I'm giving it to me and every Giants fan who thought we were going to win in Philly. Because I'm stupid. I'm an idiot, and so is everyone else who thought they were going to win. And now, being in Central Jersey, my life is hell. I apologize to my kids again when they went to school today because they go to school with all Eagle fans. I said, sorry, guys. I'm sorry I did this to you. Wildwood Crest this summer is going to be hell. Another summer, 18 of the last 22. I can't get over that number. That that should be tattooed all over the facilities. Like, this is officially like the Ohio State Michigan thing for me. Like they, oh. they have to beat this team going forward next year. If you don't beat Philly, I, I, I I'm gonna have a, a nervous breakdown. And so the official first buffoon of the week is Jerry Foley and all the other Giant <laughs> fans who thought that they could actually beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, I wish I was in there with you for this one, buddy, but I did kind of say that I can't go with the Giants this week until they actually beat this team, right? Yeah, and, and why should you? Because you're, you're smarter than me. I mean, you, you are... No, 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 Listen, I was concerned about the front 40 Eagles dominating. It took them 30 minutes, but they did dominate after, you know, in the second half. But I'm going to go, I'm going to change direction away from the... And all that a little bit. And my book, can I get a buffoon in a week, bud? Can I get one in there? Yeah, you know, this is the first one. We make up the rules as we go along. Go ahead, buddy. Okay, I'm going to put my buffoon in the week is going to be Leonard Fournette of the Tom Coughlin's Disciplined Jaguars, who decided he was going to pull a Mike Tyson and square up with Shaq Lawson on the sidelines, throwing haymakers left and right. Now, 
I hate to be the one to say it, but wasn't Tom Coughlin known for discipline and his teams would never do stuff like that? I can tell tell you hate saying it the way you're saying it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely hate saying it. Yeah, I hate to say it with Coughlin. <laughs> well, you, you could have given you could sarcastic, you, you everybody. Could've, sarcastic. You could have given the award to Coughlin a few weeks ago when he picked up Eric Flowers and Patrick Omame right. and thought that he could do something with them. So Right. All I'm saying is that um Tom, I don't know what to tell you. You have the biggest you have the biggest punk team on the planet with the biggest mouths who all think they're great. And you're three and eight, bud. I don't think this is what you know you represent, right? Isn't this is something he preached all those years about discipline and team first and all that? And he's got a bunch of renegades on his team. But Chris, that come on, like Chris, Chris, Chris. They are five minutes early. Come on, buddy. They, they're five minutes early, I'm sure. But guess what? You have a bunch of buffoons <laughs> on your squad. I, I I can't possibly top that. Um. So I just want to say, the, again, guys, if those listening, the reviews have been awesome. Uh, writing some of the nicest stuff to us on iTunes, man. You guys are Foley, awesome. Foley, I got to ask you one question now yeah. as we wrap this up. Yeah. I ask you one question, sir. Yeah, go ahead. Do you still want Coach Sherman fired? You know, you shouldn't have asked. You, you, shouldn't have, a little. you shouldn't have asked that question and and <laughs> because then you obviously know what I was texting you last night. So – uh, Chris no, said, but, I'm just asking if I change your mind a little bit. So what Chris said before about microphones and players' faces, the, the worst thing to do is give me a cell phone during, uh, before, after, uh, any anywhere near a giant game. I'm gonna I'm gonna change the password to our account in a legal game next year. So so what I was doing was basically saying that I I hold Shermer accountable. No, I don't want to fire which, Shermer, which is a fair point. Go ahead. However, um, I still think. Um, there were too many plays that he left Saquon out in the second half. I I, I understand That's the eight valid plays. points, my man. Valid so points. Let's let's leave it at that. And you did a hell of a job uh, making the argument uh, that you did. That look, they only had eighteen plays. What the hell were they going to do? But Jerry, and trust me, Jerry, I'm not trying to sit here and play you know defense attorney to Coach Sherma. All I'm just saying is that just think about it, folks, about some of the other stuff that did happen in that second half. Before, you know, about wanting to fire him and this guy can't lead us and all that, which could very well be, Jerry. I'm not saying this guy is definite answer and he's going to lead us to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm just trying to bring up some of the other stuff that happened in the second half. There's something for people to think about. That's all. All right, buddy. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. And everyone, uh, again, thank you for the reviews on iTunes and, and so writing some of the nicest stuff to us and how, how much you're enjoying this. We'll, again, we'll keep doing this as long as everybody enjoys it. But. Most importantly, everyone, be sure to order your copy of the Giant Insider newspaper. Go to www.giantinsider.com or visit magster.com for a digital subscription. That's M-A-G-Z-T-E-R.com. Yearly subscriptions are $39.95 for paper copies, and the digital version is only $17 for a yearly subscription. 14 issues for the season as we're biweekly during the season and monthly in the offseason. The next podcast will be Thursday night at 8 p.m., November 29th, where we preview the Bears game, make our picks for the week, and we'll take your Twitter questions. So I'll send out a tweet um, Thursday during the day. And you can respond to it, and you can ask whatever question you want. I will try to read all of them. And if you enjoy an hour podcast, I'll go. we'll go an hour. What the hell do we care? As long as Chris doesn't miss his line dancing. Thank you for listening to the Giant Insider Podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Jerry Foley. He's all Chris right, Foley, get ready. And remember, Sundays are still Giant Days. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>